0: And this is One Strange Thing, the show where we search the nation's news archives for stories that can't quite be explained. The best stories we tell, we meaning the big we, humanity, are about our dreamers. The people who dare to imagine not only what is, but what could be. The possible, not the probable. Without them, the world would be a grey and plodding place. We want to tell you about one such dreamer today. We wish we could say that his road was a glorious one, but alas, well, we'll get to it. This story has two beginnings. Let's call them the prequel and the main event. Both are set in the town of Cherubusco, Indiana, which is also known as Busco, a great thing for podcasters who don't want to receive emails about pronunciations. The first story, the aperitif, occurred way back in 1898. That's when a farmer named Oscar Falk noticed something odd. As the Greater Fort Wayne Business Weekly tells it, Oscar Falk must have been a prosperous farmer for the time because he held plenty of land, and on that land was a lake that stretched for seven acres. Back then, it didn't have a name, but by the mid-20th century, it would be known as Falk Lake. Very inventive. In any case, the details are scarce, But it seems that sometime in 1898, Oscar Falk was out minding his formerly business when he spotted a huge, knobby and, we imagine, glistening creature emerge from the depths of the water. It was a very, very large turtle. Or it looked that way. The Daily Yonder reported that Oscar Falk was, understandably, shocked at this turn of events. After all, it's not every day you wander out to your placid lake and see a hard-shelled reptile the size of a plow. Soon, Oscar began to discuss his strange lakeside neighbor with the other townsfolk. But as you might expect from a rural population in 1898, they were not receptive. To be fair, some of the best cryptid stories began at the turn of the 20th century, so we may not be giving them a fair shake. Maybe it was the whole giant turtle thing. If he'd gone with a slavering wolf or a hairy ape, perhaps the Busco citizens would have been more receptive. Anyway, the Daily Yonder tells us that Poor Oscar apparently felt some level of embarrassment because he decided to stop telling his story after a few weeks and he never shared it again. The thing is though, people in small towns, they have long memories. So when the second part of our story begins in the summer of 1948, people remembered Oscar Falk. According to the Chicago Tribune, That's the year when two fishermen, Aura Blue and Charlie Wilson, went fishing on the very same lake where the giant turtle had been sighted. Now, like we told you, by then, it was called Falk Lake. Aura and Charlie had permission to fish there because one of them, Charlie, was lucky enough to be the brother-in-law of the current owner of the farmland. This fellow was one Gail Harris. According to pretty much every news source we came upon, Gale and his family were a friendly sort, willing to let others fish on their property. Several described Gale as honest, God-fearing, and a member of the Nazarene Church who didn't smoke, drink, or curse. According to the Tribune, one day, after a fishing excursion, Charlie told Gale that they'd seen a giant turtle out on the lake. Wilson described it as having, quote, a back bigger than a boat and a head big enough to swallow a basketball. Gail Harris was interested. Obviously, he didn't seem like your average dreamer or lover of the fantastic. In archival photos, he seems a serious sort in sturdy overalls and waiting boots, the kind who mostly complains in media quotes about needing to milk his cows and wishing people would stop stepping on his crops. But apparently, something about the story struck him. He began to watch the lake. Now, we imagine that reports of this first sighting got around the town fairly quickly After all, the population in 1948 was just over 1,200, and entertainment options were limited. But locals must have enjoyed gossip and watching out for their own sightings because per the Indianapolis Star, the alleged giant turtle quickly picked up the nickname of Oscar, an homage to the original spotter. Still though, there wasn't much action, not on the turtle sighting front. Not until Gail Harris, farmer, sober man, and steady townsman, officially joined the ranks of the dreamers. He too had seen the giant Terrapin. And it was big, so, so big, 300 pounds, 400, 500. It was hard to tell in the shifting pools of the lake, but it was gigantic. There are a few different versions as to how Gale finally saw the Beast of Busco. Everyone agrees it was around March of 1949, but the circumstances vary. One mentioned in the Myrtle Beach Sun News had him up in his barn fixing some shingles when he spotted it moving in the lake. In another version, locals had him going for a walk nearby the water. In any case, a turtle was spotted and Gale Harris, was galvanized. He would, by God, trap that turtle. So Gale began to plan, and, as any farmer, he had plenty of materials on hand. This time around, the town of Busco took an interest, and so did the news media. Soon, everyone was following Gale's efforts to trap the turtle. According to the Indianapolis Star, it started with a few locals who'd come over to watch him putter around the pond. But eventually, in the last weeks of the craze, thousands would invade. But before all that, we have to start at the beginning of Gail Harris's journey. Here's what he was facing, per the star, a lake 7 acres long and 50 feet deep at its lowest points and still cold from the winter. And if the beast of Busco was a native turtle, a snapper that he was seeking, it would most likely be hanging around the bottom of the lake. Now, we must assume that the lake water wasn't capped with ice or Gale wouldn't have seen the turtle at all. More on that subject in a moment. But if the turtle had been a snapper, well, it would have been much smaller than Gale had claimed. A local newspaper, The Times, interviewed the curator of reptiles from the Chicago Museum of Natural History. Clifford H. Pope, excellent name, who weighed in on, as you might imagine, turtles. Specifically, turtles and how big they might get. Busco's native turtles, the snapper, had a record weight of 80 pounds. Now, the alligator turtle, Pope said that was another topic altogether. Those strange beasts had weighed in in the hundreds, 200 or so, but they lived farther south. Per the star, they could end up in southern Indiana rivers and possibly make their way upstream but it wasn't normal behavior, and neither species was going to produce the boat-sized specimens that Gale's brother-in-law and his friend had bragged about all around town. According to the National Wildlife Federation, quote, alligator snapping turtles are sometimes described as dinosaur-like, and that's due to their shells and their ankylosaurus-esque faces. Now, you dinosaur and turtle enthusiasts out there, You're free to offer us your opinions on the best comparisons, as long as you're nice and send us cute photos. In any case, alligator snapping turtles are weird and wonderful creatures. And boy, do these suckers get big. Big, big. The largest of the freshwater turtles, no competition. The National Wildlife Federation writes that, quote, males typically weigh between 155 and 175 pounds, and it's said that a 400-pound male alligator snapping turtle was caught in Kansas in 1937, but there isn't sufficient evidence to confirm that claim, quote. So it's possible that should an alligator snapping turtle have happened into a lake north of its natural habitat, which Pope felt was unlikely, it could conceivably get large. But how large? Gail Harris decided that he was going to do some reconnaissance. He was going to have a look for Oscar, the turtle, not the deceased farmer, and try and get a handle on his size. So per the South Bend Tribune, Gail prepared some special tools, a homemade periscope, some stakes deep enough to drive into the lake bottom and the makings of a very large net. Chicken wire and boards, mostly. Here was the plan. Oscar would surely be along the bottom of the lake, and when Gale found it, he'd drive stakes around it to trap it, to keep it from moving in any direction. Then, he'd examine it with the periscope. He'd go back to the shore, finish his net, and head back out on the lake with the net once he'd finished building it, of course. Now, you might be asking yourself, why would this enormous turtle be willing to hold still? Well, it was cold, specifically somewhere in the 30s, if the historic weather records are to be believed. And strangers, reptiles, and our shelly friends are reptiles, do not like the cold. Based on our expert research, which involved Googling how freshwater turtle hibernate, a nice cozy mud nap at the bottom of a lake would just about do it. So Gail Harris was pretty sure that if there was a hulking reptile hanging around down there, one that had ostensibly continued growing for the last 50 years or so, it would most likely be sluggishly waiting for him in the lake. And in mid-March, he was proven correct. According to his own account, anyway, Gale announced he had successfully trapped the turtle in his stakes. The South Bend Tribune reported that once word got out about the stakes and the impending turtle capture, interest truly ramped up in Oscar and in Busco. National news wanted to cover the story. Out of town tourists began to come by and the Harrises were, quite suddenly, celebrities. Mrs. Harris was barraged by phone calls. She told the paper that she spent hours dealing with them and that, The worst of it is I can't sit down to talk on the telephone. It's a wall phone. Mr. Harris, too, seemed irritated. There must have been a thousand people here yesterday. I wish they'd stay away. He seemed worried that they'd somehow interfere with his capture of Oscar. All the noise in crowds, maybe. All this turtle trapping did take a toll on the Harris farm. At first, they fell behind on their chores. As Gail Harris told the Daily News, he barely had time to milk the cows or attend to the farm upkeep. But other problems arose too, ones they wouldn't fully recognize until much later. As you might recall, the plan had been to use a large turtle trap. Homemade, obviously, because who sells traps for a turtle the size of a small automobile, and to lower the trap onto the turtle from a boat? But Gale had to estimate the size of the turtle to construct the proper chicken wire structure, so he spent a lot of time hovering over the area where he claimed the turtle sat, gazing into the deep water with his periscope. Some of the townsfolk even joined him. According to the South Bend Tribune, the original ciders, the fishermen, had claimed the turtle weighed at least 500 pounds. But as Gail Harris told reporters, he wasn't so sure. After gazing down into the water, he'd begun to reassess. It was, quote, disappointing. He's a big one, but he doesn't look like any 500 pounds. But at other angles, the turtle did indeed seem enormous. Per the Tribune, Gale speculated that the seeming shift in girth could be chalked up to an optical illusion. After all, they were examining him through a homemade spyglass. We'll know how big he is when we get him up, Gail Harris told them. But, strangers, they didn't. Get the turtle up, that is. Somehow, Oscar escaped the clutches of Gale Harris's stakes. Pretty rude, considering that he was supposed to be politely hibernating in the mud. Gale told the Lytton Daily News that the turtle might have, quote, burrowed a tunnel underneath his underwater corral, but that he doubted the giant reptile could have gone far. He suspected the beast might have sought deep cover, or just gotten caught somewhere in the lake bottom, Now, one of the locals who'd gone along with Gail Harris later told the Indianapolis Star, When I got there, the turtle wasn't in the trap. There was no turtle to be found. He said that he began to doubt that there'd ever been a turtle at all. Poor Gail Harris didn't even have a chance to employ his chicken wire contraption, and you know that was a major sunk cost. It's not like he could just drive on down to Lowe's for supplies. Oscar's apparent escape from, forgive us, the stakeout, stirred up the locals. Per the Indianapolis News, There were soon rumors flying that the giant turtle had made it out of the lake and onto the land, at least occasionally, to wreak some local havoc. Was there proof of this? No, but that never stopped anyone, now did it? The Times also reported that Gail Harris had to tamp down a local rumor that Oscar had actually left his watery home to attack local cattle and that the creature had even managed to haul some of them back into the lake, presumably for some later snacking. He told the Times, The turtle has never been out of the lake as far as we know. The constant media barrage was becoming impossible to handle. Thankfully, the Logansport Pharaoh's Tribune reported that the local phone company came out and specially installed a new phone for poor Mrs. Harris so she could actually sit down while she fielded all the calls. After the trap didn't work, Gail Harris could have given up. But dreamers don't do that, do they? Instead, he moved on to the next plan, and it was a strange one. He told a local paper, The Times, I think a diver would be able to get him. As The Times explained, Gale's theory went something like this. Quote, he thought the diver could find the monster, pump it full of air, and float it to the surface. Look, we don't know either. But perhaps it wasn't only Harris's dream that pushed him forward. The Times did also report that the Cincinnati Zoo wanted to buy Oscar, presuming he was alive, obviously, for $1,800. Accounting for a, inflation, that's almost $22,000 in 22 currency. According to the Times interview with Mrs. Harris, the zoo sent out some specialists to make sure there was actually a turtle worth buying. She told the paper, I don't know whether they saw it, but they seemed satisfied. We don't know how satisfied they would have remained had they heard Gale's new idea. Luckily for Oscar and anyone concerned with animal cruelty, the Indianapolis Star reported that the diver who Gale Harris hired to search the lake ran into a number of technical difficulties. He was able to search some areas of the lake But according to the article, quote, his diving gear sprung a leak. And later, the diver got stuck in the mud. And one retrospective article claimed that the diver lost his pants and had to cut the dive short, but we found no proof of that. Do divers even wear pants? Seems sus. Next, Gail turned to one of the oldest tricks in the book, the Law of Attraction. This story is almost too ridiculous to repeat, but suffice it to say that he tried to buy Oscar a girlfriend. The Edinburgh Daily Courier actually printed the words, Tilly, the buxom lady turtle. Apparently they put poor Tilly into the water, put her on the turtle version of a leash, and then let her loll around in the lake for a couple of days. When she didn't attract her prospective beau, and we're both sorry and absolutely 100% serious here, they turned her into soup. A lot of soup. And Gail Harris's only public comment on the matter? Maybe Oscar wasn't a male turtle after all. We're beginning to think that some people just shouldn't be trusted with turtles. Gail Harris kept going. He tried nets, harpoons, even planes. But by October of 1949, Gail Harris's finances were drained, his hopes were waning, and he had one final desperate idea. He would empty the entire seven-acre lake. If there was no water, then Oscar would have nowhere to hide. The Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette reported that he managed to hook up water pumps to his tractor and hatched a plan to drain the lake. Per the Chicago Tribune, quote, Soon the Harrises stopped farming and sold hot dogs, drinks, and 25 cents missions to watch the hunt in progress. That fall, as Gale sank deeper into Oscar obsession, he took the final plunge. The town of Busco was enthralled. The event, which would take days, possibly a week even, became a kind of Olympics. The Chicago Tribune reported that the townsfolk actually passed out bells so that they could be triumphantly rung when Oscar was finally grabbed by the shell and pulled from the sticky mud. And for a moment, during that week, it seemed like Gale would do it. One local who was at the scene Daily Fogie told the Fort Wayne Gazette that he spotted something out on the water as the levels dropped. I just saw the shell on it there. I said, whoa, that's a good-sized turtle. There was a guy up in a tree taking movies of it. As the water levels dropped and dropped, the most exciting event in the Beast of Busco history occurred. Plenty of people had gathered around the lake to watch as Gail Harris and his tractor chugged along. So there was an audience when, allegedly, Oscar decided to make an appearance. The Fort Wayne Gazette reported that two ducks had settled on a trap that sat on the slowly draining water. It's unclear whether they settled there or were, um live bait but let's go with the former just for the sake of our few remaining feelings everything was moving along nicely water draining ducks drifting and then suddenly the crowd gasped onlookers and gail harris swore oscar the beast of busco appeared his giant craggy head burst forth from the water to snatch the ducks from the trap and dragged them back into the shallow waters of the lake, just in time for lunch. As you might imagine, the crowd of 200 or so went wild. And Gail Harris, he kept pumping. Per the Gazette, he got the water level down to about two acres or five feet's depth and was sure he was hours away from his prize. But then the tractor sizzled. It sputtered and the engine burned out. It was finished. We can't even imagine the look on poor Gail Harris's face. So close, and the last of his money was gone. Still, he might have found a way to continue to drain those last two acres, if not for one final problem. He was, as the Gazette reported, almost immediately afterward struck down by acute appendicitis. And the onlookers, it seems, weren't willing to hang around and see if Gale might eventually recover. Turtle fever was over. They left behind their trash and trampled fields. So trampled, in fact, that the Gazette reported the Harrises lost their crops. They were nearly bankrupted by Gale's search for Oscar. And as he recovered from his illness, a great rain came through. Soon the lake levels were as high as ever. Eventually, the Harrises had to sell the farm. Sometimes, the dreamers dream but can't reach that shining goal. Some experts thought that if there ever was a turtle, it might have died during the pumping. Others figured that it could have survived if it burrowed, but it would have certainly hunkered down, watching out for further activity. But most folks, they believe the experiments had proved that there was nothing there to begin with. Even most of the town's opinion began to drift that way. Oh, they like the turtle idea. Even today, there's an annual turtle festival. It's covered by numerous publications each year. But believing in a giant alligator snapper outside its natural environment growing to magnificent size? Now, that would be just silly. Or it would be, except for one strange thing. According to the Fort Wayne Gazette, who spoke with a local turtle expert, there's actually a decent chance that an alligator snapping turtle could have ended up in Falk Lake. Rusty Reed told reporters that the dinosaur-like turtles were a popular item of traveling salesmen who came through Indiana in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. He told the paper that if a salesman needed food, the turtles were a great quick source of fresh meat. Sometimes, Reed says, the salesman would sell, give away, or simply release the turtles into bodies of water. Well, well, well. And how about Gail Harris? What did he think became of his Oscar? Even though he sold the property, he kept an eye on the lake, and he never saw the turtle again. Years later, in 1971, he told reporters, I think, and people say, and guys from zoos say, that there's an underground current coming into the lake, and that he got into that, and that he went to some other lake. So, maybe, just maybe, there's an alligator snapping turtle out there somewhere who's had another century or so to grow and is still feeling confused about chicken wire, lake drainings, an awkward blind date, a diver who may or may not have had pants on and all the strange experiences he had way back when. If so, it's probably best to leave him alone. After all, strangers, an extremely slow rampage with occasional duck-eating, that's just not on our 2022 bingo card. We hope you'll join us next time for another real-life story from the fine print of America's local papers From the lives of regular people, just like you and me, except for one strange thing. Oh, and strangers. One Strange Thing is an entirely independent production. To support the show and to hear more of the entirely true and enticingly peculiar, join us over on Patreon. There you'll get ad-free early releases of our regular episodes, full-length bonus episodes, blogs, and monthly live streams all for $5 a month. We hope you'll check it out. There's a link in our show notes.